Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Your reality becomes the parts of your imagination that you hold onto and pour into the longest. We, when we're young, we have these incredible imaginations. Anything is possible. But as we get older, we start to say, ah, you know, that's not that realistic. And I was the same way. But five years ago, six years ago, however long it's been, I said, I want to be a full-time podcast. And that's the thing that I focused on and I worked at the most. And now that is the reality. So I can't guarantee that everything is possible for you, but I can guarantee if you don't believe in it and you don't pour into it, it won't happen. So you at least got to give it a shot. Hey, what's going on, Rudder Nation? This is another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and we're going to be joined by Kevin Palmieri. Kevin is one half of the Next Level University team. They are speakers, authors, and coaches helping you, their audience, my audience, get out of their ruts, create a life that is just stripped away from limiting beliefs so that they live a life that is meaningful, has significance and impact. That is pretty much what Beyond the Rut is all about. So Kevin's going to share with us his story about when he was in his 20s, he faced burnout. He found success quickly. He burned out quickly. Now in his 30s, he's regrouped. He's got himself into a nice framework for living and he's sharing it with the world. Audiences, old, new, young, all the, all the, all of it, all of it. That's why I loved having him on the show. That's why we're going to talk with you about limiting beliefs, shattering those limiting beliefs and living your best life. So here we go. All right. Hey, Kevin, thanks for calling in from New Hampshire. How are you doing today? I am doing very well, Jerry. I appreciate the opportunity to chat. I am excited to see where we go and you and I connected behind the scenes here. So I'm assuming everything will go swimmingly during our conversation. Swimmingly. Uh, <laughs> I think that's officially the first time we use that word on this show. That's what so. I was going for. That's what I was going for. <laughs> like a good baseball stat. <laughs> the first person to use the word swimmingly on <laughs> Beyond the Right. Uh, so we connected through podmatch.com. Uh, so just quick shout out to Alex Sanfilippo because I've known him for a couple of years, never tinkered with the platform until just a couple of months ago. And now I'm like flooded with great folks like yourself that are like really good fits for the show, for the audience. And, uh, and if you don't know folks, uh, Podmatch is kind of like if pod chaser, which is a podcast directory and I don't know, pick a dating app, any dating app. If they both got together and had a baby, Podmatch is what brings hosts and guests together. And uh, Kevin, you're kind of both. I'm both. Um, and so that's how we met. That's how you got on the show. And uh, we're going to be talking about limiting beliefs, I believe. Um, but before we do that, I, I want to hear a bit more of your story because you look young. Your platform is Next Level University, and you and Alan work to help people um you know, really get to the next level in their lives. So what was that beginning process like for you? Uh, like, what was that aha moment that said, you know what, I got to draw my own line in the sand and have my own next level university for me? Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I appreciate the looking young 
comment. I, I think one of the things I always say, Jerry, is I didn't have a midlife crisis. I had a quarter life crisis. And so when I was 25 years old, if you looked at me, you would see somebody who looked very, very quote unquote successful. I was in the best shape of my life because I had just won a bodybuilding show. My girlfriend was a model. I had a sports car. I had a new apartment. I had a high paying job, quite literally everything you could really want as a young man. And the truth is I wasn't very happy. And I definitely wasn't fulfilled. Maybe I had momentary pieces of happiness, momentary moods of happiness, but I was not fulfilled. I was not purpose-driven. And I didn't feel like what I was doing in the world was very important. So one day my girlfriend came to me and she said, Kev, I want to move from the East Coast to the West Coast. I want to live in California and I want to chase my dreams. And just as a reflection of who I was as a man, I gave her every every excuse in the world why she shouldn't do it. What if you fail? What if you don't find a job? What if blah, blah, blah. The truth of it, Jerry, was I was afraid of being left behind. I was afraid that I couldn't hang. I was afraid that I wasn't good enough. And she ended up leaving and she left me and she chased her dreams. And that's exactly what she should have done. But when she did that, I started to dip my toe into self-improvement. I had this moment where I said, okay, I'm at least 50% of all the problems I've had in relationships. Like it, you got to get to the point where you don't just blame the other person and say, oh, this person was crazy. This, It's not just that. There's something going on with me too. It took me many years to get there, but I eventually did, luckily. And I started dipping my toe into self-improvement. But I had this interesting moment where I said, you know what? I think the problem is I haven't made enough money. I'm making good money, but I think I need to make more because I think that'll fix all these voids inside of me. So the next year starts and I was working in the weatherization industry. And all that means is we would go into state-owned buildings. So we would work in schools, fire stations, police stations, and we would make them more energy efficient. So we'd work in the ceiling, we'd work in the attic, windows, doors, that sort of thing. So I ended up getting a promotion at the beginning of the next year. And again, that's very much in alignment with the result I want. I want to make as much money as possible. Now I'm a foreman. So I start the job. I run the job. I close the job out. Awesome. So that year I'm making anywhere from 60 to $120 an hour, depending on where we're working. But we did a lot of our work on the road. So I lived in New Hampshire. A lot of our work was in New Jersey, which is like six or seven hours away, depending on where you're working. But I didn't care because I was making really good money. So if you fast forward to the end of that year, I had been on the road for 10 months out of the 12. Every single week I was living in not very nice hotels, Jerry, not the not the kind you see on TV, but I was making a lot of money and that's exactly what I wanted. So you get to the end of that year, I have my final pay stub in hand and I said, all right, I wanted to make $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. Did I do it? Yes. But again, it was one of those very, very shallow moments of happiness followed by a large moment of awareness where I said, oh my goodness, I did it again. I assumed this external stuff was going to fix my internal stuff. In that moment, I realized that for most of my life, I had lived unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I did what anybody would do. I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. Nice. Yep, that's it. <laughs> and then it, it was very, it almost sounds like from a movie, but the day I started the podcast, I stopped caring about my job. I didn't care about the money because I knew I didn't want to do what it took to get, to make the money. And I actually felt like I was having an impact with a podcast, talking about stuff that really mattered. What are your dreams? What are your fears? What do you really want out of life? What do you hate doing? Like, let's talk about the real stuff. What makes you happy? What makes you sad? So I start calling out of work. I start leaving the job site early. I start showing up late. I am just one foot in and one foot out. But I didn't know what else to do. I was still making good money, so I kept doing it. And eventually it got to the point where 
I was in New Jersey on a, on a cold winter morning. My alarm clock went off at 5.15 in this hotel, sat up. I slid to the edge of the bed. I was lacing up my work boots. And that morning was different. It was like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time, and every single one was on a different station. One is saying you're stuck here forever. I know you don't want to be here, but there are no other options. You're never going to make this kind of money again. You got lucky in the first place. Number two, if you do leave, what are your friends going to say? You make more money than all of your friends. They look up to you. Significance. There's significance there. If you do have the courage to leave, what's your family going to say? Your family looks up to you too. And if you do have the courage to leave, do you really think you're going to do this podcast thing full time? Is that really how this is all going to work out for you? And in that moment, I felt that if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. Now, one of the things I talk about a lot is the impact of your community. My best friend at the time, one of my best friends, I messaged him. I texted him and said, hey, Alan, I'm going through a lot. I don't know what's going on. I'm having these dark thoughts. What do I do? Alan had been studying self-improvement for pretty much his entire life. He said, Kev, over the last few years, your awareness has shifted a bunch, but your environments have remained the same. I think it's time for you to change your environment. So I ended up leaving my job, going into business with Alan, and then we did this podcast thing full time. And here we are, however many years later, maybe five years later, and we are quote unquote successful in the podcast industry. But what's most important to me is I'm actually fulfilled in what I do. And that's the beautiful part of it is I found success. Then I found rock bottom. Then we climbed out of rock bottom, redefining what success was to us. And now we actually are the most holistically successful we've ever been. Nice. Yeah, it's it's funny that you said way back <laughs> uh, that wherever uh, you were in your relationships, you, you essentially were always there. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they worked out or not, you were always there. And so to have that awareness to look inward and say, okay, well, what am I bringing to the table? What am I not bringing to the table? And of the things I'm bringing or not bringing, what is helpful, what is not? And then how do I become the better me? Not for somebody else, but for me. Yeah. And for the yeah. life I want to live. And that and that's very key. I mean, and you went through that journey as well. Like you, you initially thought that the key to happiness was get that six-figure income by the age 26 without a college degree. That is a cool feat. A lot of people don't pull that off. Uh, but was it really yours? Or did you hear somebody else say it and say, that's a good measure. Let's go after it. And I, I come across folks all the time that, you know, they had a goal, they chased it and they realized, I don't, I, I was that way. You know, I was a pre-med student when I went to college. Why? Because my mom had always said, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to college, you're going to become a doctor, you're going to join the army, you're going to be an officer in the army. Um, and I realized that was her dream. You know, even the, you know, the army was a big part of my life. You can't have a conversation without having at least one army story with me. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, but a big part of that, I mean, part of it was my dream because that's how I grew up and I wanted to be like my dad. Uh, but the other thing was it was something that my mom was speaking in over and over again and just realizing that was her dream, not mine. And then going through the next, it was a 10-year process for me to really identify what do I want to do in life? What is my dream to be? And, uh, you know, finally got there. So it, it is a very important process to go through, like to know first and foremost, where do you want to go? And, 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 you know, how old are you now? Like when, how old are you when you hit that aha moment? Like, this is what I want to do. Was it at 25 or was it later? 26. Yeah, it was 20. Yeah, it was 26. I'm 33 now. And I feel very blessed because the level of clarity that I have, I know exactly what I'm doing every day and I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. There's no, no questions. Can that change? Of course. Right. It's so interesting, Jerry, because 
And I've said this for many years. I don't know if I have a story to make this land. I don't know if I have numbers to make this land. But I really feel like the journey is 99.9% of anything. And okay, I made $100,000, but how long? It took me a year of sacrifice, struggle, and just really grinding my face off. You make the money, and then you have the realization of what does this mean? Like, what does this actually mean? And I think to your point, when you're setting goals, when you're setting intentions, when you're planning your future, not only do you have to decide what do I want, you have to decide who do I want to become. And those are two completely different lives. I will never most likely get to the point where we have the level of impact that we want. We want to have the most successful self-improvement podcast ever. That's a large, large, large. We may never get there, but we're okay with that because we also are very, very happy and fulfilled with the journey. So the journey matters, honestly, more than the result. Obviously, you have to decide the result you want to dictate the journey, but you can't really have one without the other. Yeah. And by pushing the goalpost as far out as you have, uh, wherever you wind up, it's going to be further along than you are today. And that Mm -hmm. is huge. Uh, A lot of folks are like, well, what about achievable? Yeah, achievable goals are great, but you got to have a vision to be chasing. And it sounds like you and Alan both uh, are pursuing something that – you know, every day it's like, okay, one day we'll get there. That's the dream. Uh, whether or not I see it doesn't matter because the impact we're going to have is, is going to be still important and valuable and it's going to change the world. You know, it's, um, you know, somebody once asked me, you know, what is your definition of success and, uh, what does it look like? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like because I won't be around to see it. And it was like, what? I'm like, yeah, the seeds I'm planting today are for like two or three generations from now in my family. And they're, they're just like, what? And, and it might not happen. You know, it's, <laughs> I'll never yeah. know. Legacy. Legacy. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's worth pursuing. Uh, mm. now it also sounds like it's, it's good to have a friend like Alan is, is also <laughs> what I picked up from this. Um, so how long have you known Alan and, you know, what is, what is it that makes him such a good friend and business partner to have? So we were talking in the preamble about how you grew up with people and you would run into people and they say, hey, do you know this person? Do you know this person? And very yeah. rarely did you actually know that person. So I actually went to middle school with Alan. Alan and I grew up in the same town. We were really good friends when we were younger. We both had bowl cuts. We were part of the bowl cut crew. Oh, that I'm was sorry. really cool <laughs> at, at that stage in life. If you had a bowl cut, you were probably popular. So that worked pretty well. I quite literally p- played spin the bottle with Alan and the popular girls at his house when we were in, I don't know, late middle school. So Alan and I had a really good relationship. What happened was when we went to high school, I was a jock. I played baseball. I was one of the captains when I was older. Alan was an intellectual. Alan was getting straight A's, getting the president's awards, taking honor classes. We didn't get along very well. <laughs> I I was very insecure. Alan was very confident. And Honestly, Alan was picked on in high school. I wasn't really picked on because I was a jock. It was it was an interesting dynamic. So we were not friends then. What happened was I ended up running into Alan when I was probably 25. Like right after that breakup happened, I ran into Alan and he had left a six-figure income and he was an entrepreneur. And I remember connecting with him and he was into fitness and we were just like, we were on the same wavelength. So we ended up reconnecting and then we became really, really, really good friends because I was curious about what he knew. And I believed in a lot of the stuff that he was talking about and other people didn't. Other people thought he was crazy. So it made sense to me logically when it was time for me to leave and partner up with somebody to partner up with Alan Mm -hmm. because I knew he knew more than I did. 
I didn't know what he knew, but I did know he knew enough where we would be more successful with him than I would be without him. It's one of the best things about somebody like him is he wants, and this is rare, he wants what's best for me regardless of him. Alan knows he's going to be successful. So he wants me to be successful too. It's me being successful does not take away from him. So that's one of the best things about being friends with him is he will never take wind out of your sails. He doesn't know how. That's not the way he's wired. The business side of things, he's just a genius. I mean, he is a he is a visionary genius when it comes to business. He understands math at the deepest levels. He understands a lot of things. So he has helped me succeed in business, numbers, and data. I have helped him succeed in personal relationships, emotional intelligence, and understanding energetic positioning and how the how things really really work so yeah it's it's been a very very important impactful thing this is what i will say though the level of accountability we have with one another is amazing i mean you don't get to 1175 episodes without missing unless you have some sort of accountability and that has been instrumental for both of us we will not let each other down and we don't want to let the community down and that's why we are as consistent as we are nice um yeah i definitely need to a numbers guy. <laughs> so if Alan has an older brother or sibling who wants to get into podcasting. He, uh, he, he, do, he doesn't, but he would get along well. Jerry just got weird. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, that, that is very important. I mean, you bring in strengths into each other, but I, I like what you pointed out about Alan in terms of he is the opposite of what you mentioned earlier. Like when you were going through that breakup. You were telling her, your, your ex-girlfriend now, um, how it wouldn't work. You know, what if she fails? All that stuff. And we've run into people like that. We've all been that person at some point. Um, and, yeah, you know, an Allen type, you know, it's like, yeah, so what? And, and I think how how connected would you say that is to like an abundance mindset to be able to say, yeah, you can succeed. And so can I and so can they. And yeah, I want you to succeed. So what can I do to help you? The most, the most. I mean, when we're talking about limiting beliefs and a fixed mindset, he's the opposite. His limiting beliefs are different. It's It might be, I'm going to become too successful and I'm going to lose a lot of the relationships that I have in my life, not I can't be successful. And those are two very, very different lives. He is, he is yeah, extremely abundant when it comes to energy, when it comes to belief, honestly, at times in the past to a detriment, to a detriment. I remember telling him one time, you will be the most successful speaker living under a bridge because you don't you're not doing things that are actually bringing you money and you're not, you're not doing it. Like you're just, you're so focused on being the best that you don't care where you end up. I don't want that for you. So he has, he is one of the most abundant mindsets I've ever met out of anybody mentors included. And it just speaks to the results that he's been able to get in his life. One of the, it's one of those things where we had a team member last night and she said, Hey, I'm thinking of going back to school to become a doctor of physical therapy. And we literally were like, the only way you don't, succeed is if you quit like you're not gonna fail like just you'll you're gonna be fine but five years ago i would have been like eh, i don't know i don't know that sounds pretty hard so it's really rubbed off on me to have a more abundant mindset and say i understand what it's like to be the anchor i've been the anchor in relationships before i understand very much i don't ever want to take wind out of somebody's sails but i also do have empathy for the people that do because it's usually not them it's usually a reflection of their belief based on somebody else's journey. So that's helped me really understand both sides of the coin. Yeah. I think 
abundance mindset is something I've been working on a lot more lately because I just left my job, started a business and, you know, everybody's sound advice is niche it down, Jerry. You're kind of a generalist. What's your niche? I'm like, but if I niche it down too much, I won't have any customers. And then it's like, wait, there are 7 billion people on this planet. (laughs) There, even if it's a fraction of a fraction of a percent of those folks on this planet, there is a group of people you can serve in a very specific way. And, um, you know, we're not going to run out of business. You know, there's, you know, even when I look in like the leadership development space, public speaking space, I'm like, oh man, there's so many speakers. And it's like, no, you're just more attuned to it because you're now looking and paying attention. You just notice all the people who are already playing, but there's still a lot of folks out there looking for what you've got. And it's like, and I'm not just saying this for myself. I'm saying it for, you know, everybody who's listening in, um, there is plenty out there. It's just a matter of looking up, finding it. Um, and, and so I'm hoping I'm on topic and echoing what you're saying there. Um, so, you know, shifting to, to limiting beliefs, though, like what are some of the common limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves that you've come across, you and Alan have come across? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I would say the number the number one limiting belief is I can't. And, and just, you can put anything after that. I can't find my dream partner. I can't get in shape. I can't run a successful business. I can't learn math. It's it's one of those interesting things where when you really start to understand somebody, you get to know somebody, you understand their past, you start to realize pretty quickly that most of our limiting beliefs are created in childhood and then they're perpetuated through life. So if for me, my dad was never around. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. So my I'm not good enough. That is my limiting belief. I am not good enough for the interview. I'm not good enough to coach this person. I'm not good enough to speak on stage. But then what happens is that becomes part of your identity. Then you start making decisions based on that part of your identity. So instead of raising your hand and asking a question, you will not do that because you don't think you're good enough to get an answer. And that reinforces that limiting belief. It reinforces that limiting belief. And then we get to the point where that becomes our comfortable. Our comfortable is us staying within our limiting belief because getting outside of those limiting beliefs is very uncomfortable. And there's a potential for pain. There's a potential for embarrassment. And there's a potential for quote unquote failure. So I would say one of the biggest ones is I'm not good enough. I think that's probably somebody who has a low level of self-worth. That's a huge one. But on the opposite spectrum, there's also a lot of people out there that that think I can't be successful because I'm afraid of success, which I never I didn't believe that at the beginning. I said, isn't that what you're doing this for? Aren't you doing this for success? But there are people that struggle with that too. So it's it's very important to understand that a lot of us are very focused on the future. And that's great. A lot of us are very focused on the present. That's great too. You have to understand that most of the results, all of the results you have in the present are from the past. So this podcast interview 
say Jerry blows up in a couple of years and somebody finds this and cool, who's this Kevin guy? And then a million people come listen. That's not based on anything I did that day. That's based on what we're doing right now. But there's a lag. There's a lag. So it's very important to understand that a lot of your limiting beliefs have come from your past. And what humans look at is we look at recent and relevant proof. So if you give a speech, and this is why professional athletes have to have very strong mindsets. When you throw an interception, when you strike out, when you fumble, the next time you have the opportunity, you can't be thinking about that. You can't be thinking about, oh, last time I did this, I'm going to do it again. You have to look at the most relevant proof. The relevant proof is you're one of the best people in the world at this. So yeah, as a human being, make sure you're looking at the right proof in your past, but it's very important that you understand your past because that's where a lot of your conditioning, most of your conditioning comes from. The word that's coming to mind as I'm listening to you talk is momentum. You know, that, that long game is building momentum, getting past those mistakes. And we tend to be short-sighted. We tend to look in the now, that instant gratification. Um, how how much do you talk about that in your sessions and um, how do you help people build momentum in the long run? Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great point. It's a great fundamental to understand. We talk about, and it's mirrored from Atomic Habits, one of the best books ever, James Clear. We talk about getting a little bit better every single day. What you do today is not going to shift today, really. It just really, it's not the way it works. When I go to the gym, nothing really happens today. I might weigh more than I did yesterday, right? Like that's just sometimes that's how it works. So understanding that momentum, number one, is the hardest thing to build. But number two is built over the course of days, weeks, months, and years not right away. You can't expect results in the short term. The only results you're going to get in the short term are you're going to find potential quote unquote wins and you're going to find potential losses. You're not going to see a ton of change. And the quote I always say for that, Jerry, is from day to day, progress is in invisible. From year to year, it's impossible to miss, right? From day to day, nothing's going to happen. It doesn't seem like anything is happening, but from year to year, you can see drastic changes. So we always tell people all you have to do is start something new, but it, it can be super small. As simple as, okay, I want to be healthier. I want to build momentum and health. Cool. All I want you to do is tomorrow when you wake up, I want you to weigh yourself. That's it. I don't want you to do anything different. I just want you to weigh yourself so you have a new awareness, which will give you a new opportunity for feet. I want to build momentum in finance. Okay, cool. Tomorrow when you wake up, I want you to look at the number in your bank account and write it down. And then the next day, I want you to do the same thing. Is it the number going up or is it going down and why? And then I want to build momentum in love, whether it's self-love or relationship. Every night before you go to bed, if you have a partner, I want you to say one thing you're grateful for about that person, have them reciprocate. If you're riding solo and you don't have a partner, you can say something you're grateful for about yourself and your life. That's you building a new habit. That's you building momentum. Then when you do that for long enough, you can start adding other stuff. But I think a lot of us are too worried about the summit and we're not worried about getting the right hiking boot. If you don't have the right hiking boots, you're not going to make it to the summit anyway. So focus on the small, sustainable things you can do to build momentum. Then when you build momentum, it's easier to add things on. You already have the habits. You can stack. That's what I would say. Nice. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and it, it tacks on with what you were just talking about prior to um, to this uh, about you know what we're seeing today is the result of all our days that have led up to this and you know what you're doing today becomes part of that stack and tomorrow and so on. Um, and, and it's just huge. And a lot of us forget that, you know, I had a bad day. Oh, this, this is never going to work. And it's that limiting belief comes and sneaks right back in. And, uh, 
you know, what do we do when we run into that? You know, when when that limiting belief starts to creep back in, like, see, I told you you weren't smart enough for this thing or see, you don't know technology at all. Uh, you forgot to hit the record button again, didn't you, Jerry? You know, <laughs> no, I didn't, guys. <laughs> been there. I've been there. It's I think you have to reflect. I think it's very it's very easy as human beings to assume where I am today is where I am forever. And when in reality, where you are today is somebody that you never somewhere you never would have been if you didn't change things in the past, you have to check in with, okay, do I have a fixed mindset where I assume if something goes wrong, that's the way it is and I can't get any better? Do I have a very, so I guess if you think of it this way, there's like a hyper fixed mindset where nothing, everything is the way it is and nothing can ever change. There's probably a fixed mindset where you understand that things can change, but you're very hesitant and you don't believe in it a lot. There's probably a growth mindset where you know things can change. And there's probably a hyper growth mindset where you're, no matter what happens, you know, you're going to win eventually if you do it right. You have to figure out where you are in that spectrum. So maybe for you, the limiting beliefs pop back up, but at one point they ran your life. That's progress. It just might not seem like it. There's a fine line between logic and emotion. Emotionally, when we have a bad financial month, it sucks. Logically, if you look at the graph, we're still trending in the right direction. So it's very important to separate emotion and logic. Emotionally, you might not feel great. It doesn't mean logically, data-driven, you're not doing well. And I think that's very, very important. The other thing too is the higher you get, the harder it is to fall. So you might be the best you've ever been, but if you feel like you're taking a step back, you're afraid you're going to fall all the way back. And that just is, that's an emotional thought, completely understandable. So I try to reflect when I get very high emotionally or very low emotionally, I try to look back and say, oh my goodness, how much has changed in a year? What could possibly change from this time to next year? But I also, when I'm struggling, I want to look back and say, wow, the problem you have today is the problem that you would have wished for five years ago. So make sure you understand contextually, yeah, you're always going to have problems. They're going to be higher quality problems, more aligned problems. I think that helps. So checking in with where your mindset is, fixed or growth, and then maybe you know the subcategories of each, and then just really reflecting on how far have you actually come? And have you given yourself credit for that yet? I'm letting that sink in, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> as as you know, Kevin is talking. I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, you know, I'm in that boat." You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm getting bills for business expenses. I'm like, "What? What is this?" And I'm like, "You know, there was a time where that never would have happened, and I would have just been like, one day I'm going to start a business." And so now it's like, I started a business. This is part of it. Now, now go earn some revenue, Jerry. Go, go. Uh, now, tell me more about uh, Next Level University. You know, what is it you and Alan do for folks? Um, how do people reach out to you and you know what it, what is the benefit of of connecting with Next Level University? Yeah, so Next Level University is not only our podcast but it is really the the entire business. So we have a podcast, we do 7 episodes a week. Our motto is self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere on the planet completely free. That's that is what our mission is to put self-improvement in the pocket of everybody. So we have an an episode every day. It's Alan and I figuring out what is the most valuable topic that we can cover that will add value to our audience. And our jam is really holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. There's a lot of people that can tell you about finance. There's a lot of people that can tell you about relationships. There's a lot of people that can tell you about fitness. It's harder to master all of them. And I think at a deep level, we all want to master all of them. Instead of having to go find a bunch of different people, we try to deliver that directly to our audience. I would say the the biggest benefit is you're going to learn about yourself, which is going to give you new opportunities. And 
I think the other benefit is we try to do it with as little ego as humanly possible. I don't want to be the person who yells at you and tells you you suck. I want to be the person that gets you to look in the mirror and say, hmm, am I doing things to the highest level I could? Or am I giving myself credit for what I'm actually doing? And I would say the, the last thing is I've been there. I didn't start out as a hyper-confident person who thought I could do anything I wanted. I've been in the shoes of many people who have low self-worth, many people who lack self-belief, many people who want to level up their community. I've been there. I've been one of them. And that's one of the reasons I do things the way I do. So yeah, I would say those are the benefits. You can find our podcast on all the platforms if you want to listen. I don't, I don't want to ever sell anything. If you think it's a good fit, check it out. There's plenty of content. You'll, you'll find plenty of content out there. Awesome. And the website is nextleveluniversity.com. It's nextleveluniverse.com. Universe. When we were buying the thing and somebody wanted to haggle with us and we said, honestly, we'll get it later. Right now, it's not time. <laughs> you will go out of business, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we will get it then. <laughs> I'm like that about a particular URL, but um, every year that I wait, he gets better at his craft. I'm like, well played, Jerry Dugan. Well played. <laughs> uh, he's a videographer out of Las Vegas. Uh, so I, I just got to stop wishing. Wish him the best. <laughs> yeah, wish him, wish him the best. And then grow your thing so yeah. much that he's like, you know what? I need to sell this to you. Yeah. You know? Uh, and it, he keeps getting better and better. So it's like, who knows? One day we'll work together and people just be confused. Like, wait, yeah. you're Jerry Dugan? Yeah. You're Jerry Dugan? Well, yeah. You're getting better too, Jerry. I Even talking about when we were talking about reflecting, I, I did my research before this and I've seen your studio, the all 12 iterations of blank wall <laughs> to this color to this color and you've come a long way. So thank you. Obviously reflecting is important for, for all of us. I've Everybody. come a long way since the blanket fort. So. <laughs> that is true. Oh man, the blanket fort. Uh, the, the days of Brandon and I doing the show, blanket fort. Uh, <laughs> but before we go, are there any final words of wisdom? Uh, one of my favorite things to say is your reality becomes the parts of your imagination that you hold onto and pour into the longest. We, when we're young, we have these incredible imaginations. Anything is possible. You can do anything. Astronaut, president, firefighter, police officer, actor, actress, singer, whatever it is. But as we get older, we start to say, ah, you know, that's not that realistic. Or I can never make money doing that. And I was the same way. But five years ago, six years ago, however long it's been, I said, I want to be a full-time podcaster. I want to wake up I want to when I want. I want to go to sleep when I want. I want to interview amazing people, speak on stages. And that's the thing that I focused on and I worked at the most. And now that is the reality. So I can't guarantee that everything is possible for you, but I can guarantee if you don't believe in it and you don't pour into it, it won't happen. So you at least got to give it a shot. Fantastic. Kevin, it was great to have you on the show. And I definitely know... Uh... Whose shoes I want to be, what is it, shoes path? Uh, anyway, I'm going to watch what you guys are up to because I'm going to be taking notes and I'm like, oh, they do this. Okay, see if you can do that. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Go as far I as I can. Feet. I have little feet, Jerry, so we're, it, we're going to have to get you some different shoes probably. There we go. <laughs> I got big hobbit feet. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I hope that you got a lot out of that conversation like I did. Now, you don't know this, but after Kevin and I stopped recording, he hung out with me for another 30 minutes, helping me put together the initial push for what is now BTR Impact. We talked about things like strategy, niching down, and just going for it. And it was just a great, great conversation. It's even that conversation that led me to having those Jerry's short episodes. Now, that's not why I'm closing it out. That's not how I'm closing this out. What I want to do is share with you 
the resources that Kevin shared with us. And you can do that by going to the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 353. There you'll find links to The Next Level University, my book, Beyond the Rut, Create a Life Worth Living in Your Faith, Family, and Career, and so much more. Now, I'm glad you joined me for this episode, and I look forward to joining you again on the next episode. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.